Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved. How are you? I'm live. I'm so glad I've been gone for the whole last week, and I'm so, so happy to be back with you, and I pray that you're well, and I'm keeping up on all the news, and it's it's, it's not as awful as it could get, because it's going to get worse. We know that. We have Jesus, and we have his church, um, even though the enemy is fighting with all tooth and nail. Um, but we belong to God, and we belong to the church he established on earth, which is why we're in the middle of such satanic evil attacks from every, every end. I'll tell you one woman who many are celebrating, who fought those attacks with her entire life, is Dr. Alice von Hildebrand. She died on January 14th at the age of 98, and um, an absolute heroine of the faith, uh, the wife of Dietrich von Hildebrand, who was consulted to a couple of popes. Um, they both wrote, wrote no, numerous books. Alice von Hildebrand is actually my spiritual grandmother, um, uh, grand godmother, I should say, because um, Rhonda Chervin, a... Uh, a Jewish convert, although Rhonda comes from a uh, an atheistic background, uh, she's a Spanish Jew, and uh, through Alice and Dietrich von Hildebrand, gave her life to Christ. And Rhonda had a tremendous uh, amount of um, effect in my coming into the Catholic Church. So um, Rhonda is my godmother, and Alice von Hildebrand is hers, Alison Dietrich, so that makes Alice von Hildebrand my great godmother. How's that? I think that comes together. But a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous woman of God um, who came to New York City in 1940 as a war refugee, and I think from Belgium, and she became an American Catholic philosopher, theologian, lecturer, author, and professor. And... Um, there's a wonderful article, I just hope I can, here it is, from Voice of the Family. Uh, it's short, um, in memory of Dr. Alice von Hildebrand. She's born in 1923, and as I said, died just five days ago. And um, they read, uh, the article reads, Dr. Alice von Hildebrand, philosopher and wife of the late Dr. Dr. Diedrich von Hildebrand died on 14 January at the age of 98, a professor at Hunter College in New York City for 37 years. Alice von Hildebrand was, without doubt, one of the most remarkable Catholic intellectuals of our time. In a moving interview which she gave to the Catholic News Agency in 2014, she said, quote, God has chosen the pattern of my life totally different from what I had imagined. I feel like the female Habakkuk brought into the lion's den, end quote. And if you don't know what a female Habakkuk is, you have to read the minor prophet Habakkuk in the Old Testament. 
And the article continues. <clears throat> Alice von Hildebrand loved the church and labored for the church's honor, publishing several books and innumerable essays. Her writings on morality and on true femininity are particularly important today. In fact, I read them. I read Dietrich von Hildebrand's book on morality and Alice Alice's on true femininity on my way into the church. They both impressed me so much, and I've never stopped reading their books. If out there, you dear ones, you would like uh, good books on marriage, um, on the gender ideology between man and woman and all of that, just look up those subjects under the name of Von Hildebrand, whether it's Dietrich or Alice, and you will have absolute truth um, and the church is teaching. Um, And so the sentence reads, her writings on morality, this is from Voice of the Family, her writings on morality and on true femininity are particularly important today and perhaps key to the healing, um, to healing the many fractures surrounding questions which remain essential to us. Alice von Hildebrand pointed to the privileged position that has been granted to women in the economy of salvation from the Annunciation to the Resurrection and beyond. The holy women in the company of the Blessed Virgin Mary followed and served our Lord in his public ministry, fought their way to the praetorium in his trial, accompanied him on the Via Dolorosa, and assembled at the foot of the cross. Amid complete despair, when God himself was dying, Our Lady, the model for all women, received her new mission. The apostles had fled. St. John alone had recourse to Mary and was present at Calvary, where the dying Savior commended him and through him the whole church to his mother. Woman, said our Lord, behold thy son. Her task was not yet finished, nor was she intended to complete it alone. Each woman who desires to fulfill her role in the church must share in Mary's motherhood wrought at the foot of the cross. Um, in memory of Dr. Von Hildebrand, um, this faithful woman whose life and work gave such a great example of devotion to Jesus and Mary and of following them, we, this is the Voice of the Family article, we would like to take this opportunity to share some extracts from her book, The Privilege of Being a Woman. I read that twice. Um, published in 2002 by uh, Sapiencia Press of Ave Maria University. The Privilege of Being a Woman. You should get that book. And I, I think there's three or four quotes here from Alice von Hildebrand. One, the punish, quote, the punishment for both Adam and Eve was and is fearful. Death, the punishment, the wages of sin is death. Moreover, Eve was severely punished in the very domain that was her glory to give life. How illuminating are God's words referring to the enmity that will exist between the serpent and the woman. Why is the male not mentioned? Once again, it is luminous that Eve is the enemy par excellence because being the mother of the living, she is Satan's arch enemy for he was a murderer from the beginning 
and hates life, end quote. Here's another from Alice von Hildebrand. Quote, the whole drama that has been developing in our society over the past 60 years vividly shows how it is through the woman that the enemy is directing his attacks. Feminism was born the day that the enemy convinced some ambitious women that they will never achieve greatness unless they liberate themselves from the burden of giving birth that was so unfairly placed on their shoulders. He convinced them, Satan convinced women, to believe that maternity is a jail and it is high time that women free themselves from these unbearable chains. It is only natural that the contraceptive mentality embraced in the 60s was seen as a key instrument in freeing women from this unfair burden. Yet we cannot escape the individual and societal consequences of contraception predicted by Pope Paul VI in Humanae Vitae. Lower moral standards, greater infidelity, less respect for women by men, and coercive use of reproductive technology by governments, all evident today. This was followed by the legalization of abortion, which should be understood in all its gravity as the ultimate violation of women with the immeasurable societal implications. The continued rejection of natural law and the radical definition of what it means to be a woman and a man will bring even more grave consequences. Another quote. The holy women are all assembled at the foot of the cross. No woman was privileged to see Christ transfigured on Mount Tabor, but they were there at the crucifixion. This is, once again, deeply meaningful. It was not given them to see him transfigured, but they were permitted to see him bruised for our iniquities, smitten by God and afflicted. The apostles had fled. St. John, the disciple Jesus loved, did come back, and it was to him that the dying Savior confided his mother with the words, This is your mother. Another quote here. The church grants all her children the means of achieving holiness, but she cannot force them to become holy. It is noteworthy that the church is at times censored for abusing her authority by imposing her dogmatic and moral teaching on her children without consulting them. Can you imagine? But the next moment, her accusers criticize her for not using her authority to force her children to live according to the gospel. We'll be back right after this break, beloved, with a little bit more about Dr. Alice von Hildebrand. Um, I, I think one of the popes uh, Pius XII, I'm not sure, called her a 20th century doctor of, the, doctor of the church. She is one of the most outstanding women of the church through 2,000 years. Um, we will take your calls, your texts, your emails as always after the second break. And the toll-free number to call in is one 511 5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We'll be right back. 
Here at the Station of the Cross, we proudly bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners through radio and mobile devices, and we're grateful for the feedback we've received. It just really connected me to my faith. I always considered myself 100% Catholic, but didn't really realize that I wasn't fully practicing my faith, so I learned so much through the Station of the Cross and began just getting deeper in my prayers and feeling just so much closer to God and so well-versed in learning more about the Bible and more about what actually it means to be Catholic. So it became very, very important to me, and I listen to the radio station daily, and I absolutely love it. I make it a regular practice of donating every time they have their, their fundraising and just love it and wouldn't want it to ever go away. If you've been blessed by listening to the Station of the Cross, let us know. Call 1-877-888-6279, extension 112. Then share your testimonial with us. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. Many of you are familiar with Mother Miriam Live, but I wonder if you have listened to some of the other programs from the Station of the Cross, such as the Catholic Current. Father Robert McTague discusses important topics in the church and in the world each weekday at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can listen anytime to The Catholic Current as a podcast on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. listening to the station of the cross on your car radio but sometimes find yourself driving outside the listening area never miss another minute of your favorite show download the iCatholic radio app so you can listen anywhere in the world 24 hours a day the iCatholic radio app is available for your phone in the apple store or for your android phone in google play visit the station of the for more information Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We are speaking about one of the greatest women uh, of the church in 2000 years, Dr. Alice von Hildebrand, who died on January 14th, five days ago, um, at the age of 98, just a few months before her 99th birth- birthday. She uh, was a refugee when she came to this country, and um, she was a student of um, Dr. Dietrich von Hildebrand, and they later married, and um Two tremendous philosophers and authors of many, many books, um, Alice especially on true femininity, and um, uh, she wrote a book, uh, if you're planning to get married or you've just gotten married, a yet Letters to a Young Bride. Very, very wonderful, if you want fabulous guidance. Um, and Voice of the Family has done a bit of an article on her and has some of her quotes there. I'm going to continue. We've read about th- three or four, and I think there's um, three left. Let me read them to you. As every sin, from Dr. Alice von Hildebrand, as every sin brings with it its own punishment, it is surprising that today we have become so morally blind because wickedness blinds us that we save baby whales at great cost and murder millions of unborn children. 
man's conscience has been so darkened by his repeated infidelities toward God that these outrageous murders are no longer registered as being crimes that cry to heaven. Here's another quote from Dr. Alice von Hildebrand. The weakness of the female sex, and she's got weakness in parentheses, the weakness of the female sex as far as accomplishments and productivity are concerned can be more than compensated by her moral strength when she lives up to her calling. That is, when she loves. The influence that she can exercise over her male partner is great indeed when it manifests itself, not by issuing commands, but by example and gentle persuasion. On the other hand, when she betrays her mission, she can indeed be man's downfall. Her role is a key one. Kierkegaard wrote that woman is the conscience of man, but her conscience must be illuminated by faith and enlivened by true love. It must not be a con- conscious distorted. It must, must not be a conscience distorted by self-centered relativism. But feminists, blinded by secularism, do what, in fact, will lead to a worsening of women's situation. Feminists are women's great enemy. Not only will they not succeed in trying to become like men, but they will also inevitably jeopardize the sublime mission confided to them. Two more quotes here. The New Age philosophy of of feminism in waging war on femininity is in fact waging war on Christianity. For in the divine plan, both are intimately linked. Not socialism, as Simone de Beauvoir believed, but Christ is the great ally of women. Finally, one thing is certain. When the time has come, nothing which is man-made will subsist. One day, all human accomplishments will be reduced to a pile of ashes, but every single child to whom a woman has given birth will live forever, for he has been given an immortal soul made in God's image and likeness. That is the end of the article. Um, uh, from Voice of the Family. Uh, I'm looking at another here that was written on the very day of Alice's death, Friday, January 14th, uh, by Gregory de Pipo. It's in the New Liturgical Movement uh, website, and it says, shortly after midnight today, Dr. Alice von Hildebrand, one of the great defenders of tradition in the Catholic Church in all its aspects, including the traditional liturgy, passed away at the age of 98. A great scholar, philosopher, and theologian in her own right, she was also dedicated to preserving the legacy of her husband, Diedrich von Hildebrand, whom Pope Pius XII once called, her husband once called, a 20th century doctor of the church. She had been retired from teaching since 1984, but continued to write and speak. Her most recent book was published in 2014. 
and they have a prayer for her here. Oh God, and I personally love, uh, have loved and will continue to pray for Dr. Alice von Hildebrand. I mentioned earlier on in the program today, she was my spiritual grandmother um, through Dr. Rhonda Chervin, who is my godmother. Um, uh, Rhonda, Dr. Rhonda was led into the church by Dietrich and Alice von Hildebrand. So that makes them my spiritual god-grandparents, something like that. (laughs) Um, And I've been with uh, Dr. Alice numerous times and just love her. Um, O God, says the prayer they have here, O God, to whom it belongeth ever to have mercy and to spare, we humbly entreat thee for the soul of thy servant Alice, which this day thou hast bidden to pass from this world that thou may deliver her not into the hands of the enemy, nor forget her forever, but commend her, command her rather to be taken up by the holy angels and led to our home in paradise, so that since she hoped and believed in thee, she may not suffer the pains of hell, but possess everlasting joys through our Lord Jesus Christ, thy Son who liveth and reigneth with thee in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, world without end. Amen. You know, dear ones, in all my Protestant years, um, I would have thought that prayer was horrifying. Don't we know she's in heaven? Don't we know she's saved? Um, God is the creator, we are the creature. He is the potter, we are the clay. We can have a moral assurance Uh, that we will be in heaven if we die in a state of grace. But we never take anything for granted. We don't dictate to God, but we pray, as all the Old Testament saints did. Um, We pray for uh, our, our salvation and the salvation of those that we love and who have gone before us. Just one note here. Um, The Hildebrands were very strong on the Latin Mass. Um, uh, Vatican II was a great, um, uh, very painful situation for them. And in the Latin Mass magazine that she gave, to whom she gave an interview in 2001, they asked her this. In 2001, so 21, 10, uh, 11 years ago, <clears throat> no, 21 years ago, what's my problem? Don't ever answer me when I ask you what's my problem. <laughs> 21 years ago, the, the Latin Mass asked Dr. Alice von Hildebrand in an interview, there are those critics of the ancient Latin Mass who point out that the crisis in the church developed at a time when the Mass was offered throughout the world. Why should we then think its revival is intrinsic to the solution? And 21 years ago, Dr. Alice von Hildebrand said this, The devil hates the ancient mass. He hates it because it is the most perfect reformulation of all the teachings of the church. It was my husband, she says, that would be Dietrich von Hildebrand. It was my husband who gave me this insight about the mass. The problem that ushered in the present crisis was not the traditional mass. The problem was that priests who offered who offered the traditional mass had already lost the sense of the supernatural 
and the transcendent. They rushed through the prayers. They mumbled and did not enunciate them. That is a sign that they had brought to the Mass their growing secularism. The ancient Mass does not abide irreverence, and that was why so many priests were just as happy to see it go. What a tragic statement. What an absolute tragic statement. I have been to the traditional Mass where there's no evidence of reverence or faith because of how quickly uh, the priest runs through it. Uh, it's been awful sometimes. Um, we have just uh, two minutes left, but if you wish to read a wonderful article, um, January 15th, uh, the day after um, uh, Dr. Alice von Hildebrand went to her eternity, um, Crisis Magazine printed True Femininity, an interview with Alice von Hildebrand by Kimberly Cook. And um, let me see. Um, the Kimberly Cook said, I had the great opportunity to know this incredible human being in this lifetime and to interview her on October 1st, 2018. We spoke about many things, including femininity, modernity, and the wisdom of old age, particularly looking toward death. Father Matthew McDonald from the Archdiocese of New York also joined in the interview. And here, um, she says, I share the wisdom of this great woman with the readers, um, Kimberly Cook. And she begins... Um, a little introduction, Alice Jourdain. Alice Jourdain von Hildebrand was born in Belgium on March 11th, 1923. She arrived in New York City in 1940 as a war refugee. Soon after, she met Dietrich von Hildebrand and began philosophy studies at Fordham University. The von Hildebrands were married in 1959 and collaborated on writing many books starting in 1947. Alice began teaching at Hunter College in New York City after enduring 14 years of hardship from the college on account of her sex. She was appointed professor of philosophy, where she served for 37 years. In addition to her many years at Hunter College, she also taught at the Catechetical Institute in Dunwoody, New York, France, and she taught also at Franciscan University of Steubenville, the Thomas More Institute in Rome, Ivan Maria College, and the Notre Dame Graduate School of Christendom College. Dr. von Hildebrand is the author of numerous books, including The Privilege of Being a Woman, Man and Woman, A Divine Invention, By Love Refined, By Grief Refined, and The Soul of a Lion, as well as many published philosophical papers. Um, oh dear, that's our second break, and we come back. We will take your calls, your texts, your emails, dear ones. Call in with anything on your heart, toll free at 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back.
are in time of affliction. Blessed, O Lord, be thy name forever. Who has permitted this affliction to come upon us? We cannot escape it, but must of necessity fly to thee to help us and turn it to our good. Lord, we are now in affliction. Our souls are ill at ease, for we are much troubled with this present suffering. Let it please thee, O Lord, to deliver us, for poor wretches that we are. What can we do without thee? Thy mighty hand can do all things. Give us patience, O Lord, and strength and peace. Help us, O God, and we will not fear, no matter how grievously we may be afflicted. O Lord, thy will be done. Welcome be the will of God. Sacred Heart of Jesus, we place our trust in thee. Amen. The Station of the Cross appreciates the generosity of our supporters. We are committed to keeping our donors' accounts up to date. If there have been changes made to your payment information, please call us so that we can update your account. 1-877-888-6279, extension 104. Or update your information online at thestationofthecross.com. Thank you for your generous support of Catholic Radio. We offer several ways to view our programming grid, including at our website, thestationofthecross.com, and on our iCatholic Radio app. Just click the menu icon in the top left portion of our app and select the link to our programming grid. That's at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our half hour together and... The heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. So if there's anything on your heart and you'd like to call in, the number toll-free is 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have a um, question from Elle on Facebook. Um, she writes, is there a way to visit your community? Well, absolutely. Um If you're interested in discerning a vocation with us, the best thing to do would go to um, our website, www.motherofisraelshope.org, and you can click on contact, and then it'll give you our email to send an email at vocationinquiry at motherofisraelshope.org, and just send me a little email um, tell me something about you, your where you live, your age, uh, what your desires are, that sort of thing, and then um, uh, and ask for our vocation questionnaire, and we will get it to you by mail. And once you return that, um, we'll be in touch. And then for, uh, with uh, those that have completed questionnaires, we call to invite to 
enter to um, visit our community. But go to the vocations tab also and scroll down, and you can bring up our complete the little booklet, the complete catechism, not the catechism, uh, the charism of our community. So you could see our orarium, how we live, the schedule we keep, what our heart is about. Um, uh, what our community is about. Okay, so you're very much welcome to go to our website and look at the, the charism and then send us an email and we'll be very happy to respond. <clears throat> you can send a letter as well, if you wish, not a problem. We have a text um, or rather an email from someone who writes in anonymously and says, Dear Mother Miriam, Thank you for reading the article from Father John Harden on how to be heroic Catholic families, even at FSSP parishes. Pardon me, that's the the Fraternity of the Society of St. Peter parishes, those are Latin parishes. It's hard to find anyone, including a priest, to lead families and spouses to live true Catholic lives. I'm so sorry to hear that. It seems that most priests do not know how to answer couples or are too afraid to offend them. Even at our FSSP parish, the priest did not wish to address the dress code because he believes it will lead people astray. I tell you, I would say to those priests, Jesus said the truth. He didn't hold back on truth. And he said the truth. He didn't worry about offending people because he said the truth and only the truth sets us free. I know, she continues, with all my heart that God is calling me to change dramatically in my life. To live a heroic Catholic life is crucial during these current times. Good for you. Especially since I also believe things will get worse. My question is specifically for my situation. My husband is not Catholic, but is the most holy Christian man I've ever met. And he attends our Latin parish mass on Sundays. That's truly outstanding. Not only does he attend, but he always is greeting newcomers and is so kind and helpful to others. I have not been pushing him to convert because we have come a long way to get to this point in our marriage. We were married a long time in the church before my reversion, and we have two children under the age of three. What can I do in my situation to live our faith without overwhelming or pushing my husband to change with us? I do not have any close friends or family. My husband and children are all I have at the moment. And I do not seek advice or tell others about my marriage situation. Good for you. I honor you for that. Women get together and talk about their husbands and their husbands' sins and their struggles. It's pure gossip and it's total sin. You should protect. Love covers a multitude of sins. The only thing, women, you should tell anyone about your husband is what is admirable about him, what you admire, what you love, what you respect. You don't tell anyone else his sins or his faults or your struggles. That is between you and your spouse. That is not to be made public, except maybe with a confessor or a spiritual director. That's it. Not with your friends. My husband, she continues, loves God and knows the Bible well and reads it daily. We only pray spontaneous prayers together as a family. Where can I begin? 
where can I begin to grow more in my faith, but more specifically to learn to know God, where he will transform me. I become anxious more easily now after having our children, since I am the sole caretaker beside my husband when he's off work. I also tend to focus very much on chores and keeping up with the house and preparing for hard times ahead, material-wise. But I know I cannot just focus on these things and need to change. I appreciate any advice. God bless you. I'm so sorry for yawning at you. Well, the best thing you can do is do what you're doing. Um, Continue to live your Catholic faith. Um, Continue to love. Uh, Try to grow in virtue in everything you do. It's for the glory of God. Whether you eat or drink or sleep, it's for the glory of God. So whatever joys you have at home, uh, try to have a heart that's always God toward. Always, uh, Apostle Paul says, pray without ceasing. That is always having our hearts to God, always thanking him, praising him, talking to him. And when you do that, you will be filled with joy and hope. Um, so the most important thing is, is just where you want is what you want to do is to grow in Christ. And I would say, dear one, join your husband in scripture reading because we are transformed. Romans chapter 12 says, um, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that is to read scripture and good Catholic books. So I would say, read the Bible through if you haven't read it through. Oh, this is awful. I'm sorry. Read it through and you will grow. It's the engrafted word that is able to transform your heart and soul. Chapter one of James. So go ahead and read it and uh, always ask the Holy Spirit to assist you because he wrote the word. Um, Always ask the Holy Spirit to impress on your heart. Um, what he wrote and its application to you. What he wrote, what God meant what he, by what he said, he meant no matter who reads it. But what the application that would apply to us is individual. So first read it and know what he meant by what he said. And then, and not just what it means to you, but first what God meant by what he said. And secondly, what it means to us. How can we apply it to our lives? And you might even get a commentary along with it. The Navari study Bible is good. Um, a, n- a number of studies are available. So I would, I would do that. Read the scriptures. Pray more. Um, make sure your priorities are right. That your, your children, your husband comes first. Then your children um, and your faith uh, and I don't, I don't know how old you said your children were, if you did, but um, let them participate in the cleaning of the house. Okay. We have a text from Rachel who's, who writes, Good morning, Mother. Blessings to you and your sisters. Congratulations on your new home and your impressive growth. Thanks so much, Rachel. I've been, she says, I have been having a vivid... I have been having vivid visions and dreams over the last year. 
last year and a half or so. I believe they are glimpses into an ongoing battle in the celestial realm and provide insight into the struggle, into the struggle between good and evil in the world right now. These have, been, these have led me to a much deeper prayer life, have strengthened my faith. Hold on just a moment. I lost my place here. Strengthened my faith and are driving me to learn about the practice of spiritual warfare. Very good. Recently, they have stopped completely, which has been somewhat of a relief as they are quite consuming, but it has also been a little unsettling. A week, um, a week or so ago, while in church and during prayer prior to confession, I heard a clear voice in my head say, I asked you to call me. This was communicated in a loving and gentle way, and not in a way... Sorry, this was communicated in a loving and gentle way and not at all in an accusatory way. It was crystal clear and succinct. It felt very important. My question are these, my questions are these. How do I determine whether or not the visitors, dreams, and this most ancient voice, I'm sorry, this most recent voice are God's and not that of the devil trying to confuse and trick me. Secondly, assuming this is God's work and not Satan's, besides continuing to pray, let me see for a moment, I apologize to you. Assuming this is God's work and not Satan's, and besides continuing to pray and live faithfully as we are taught to do, how do I interpret what is being asked of me? Thank you for your insight and wise counsel. May God continue to bless you and your good work faithfully, Rachel. Rachel, I, I don't know that I can answer you. Um, if your visions and dreams, um, whatever they're about, um, including whatever voice you hear, um, are true of God take yourself out of the room and pray and if they're true of him um, well God can certainly give you those visions um, and open your heart to see them so if they're true of them um, it, uh, true of God then you can listen and believe the voices if they're not it's not that um, great a consequence um, uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm fumbling here. I'm half falling asleep. I truly apologize, dear one. Um, how do I interpret what is being asked of me? I'll say to you this, Rachel, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. If God wants you to interpret it, he will lead you. If, if the visions are from God, uh, the dreams are from God, the voice is from God, he will clarify what they mean. You don't need somebody to interpret it. You don't worry about it. If God wants you to know or do something with it, he will show you. He will come to you. He will translate. Um, just don't worry about it. Don't, 
start talking to a whole bunch of people. If you have a spiritual director, that would be fine, or a confessor. But I wouldn't be talking to a lot of people about this. Um, Just tuck it somewhere um, in your heart and know that God is somehow communicating with you in a way you don't yet understand, but it's good. And just ask him to help you to understand it, especially if he wants you to um, uh, do something or get something out of it. Okay, Uh, I'm going to take a good drink of water so I don't fall asleep during our break. And we'll be back right after the break. It'll be our last segment. And you're welcome to call in with anything on your heart, toll free, 1-877-511-5483. We'll be right back. St. Thomas More House of Prayer and discover the prayer that will change your life. The St. Thomas More House of Prayer is a Catholic retreat center dedicated to praying and promoting the Liturgy of the Hours, the prayer of the Church. The Liturgy of the Hours is prayed each day, starting with the Office of Readings at 5.30 a.m. and ending with night prayer at 8 o'clock p.m. So whether you're an individual or a group, schedule your visit today. Go to liturgyofthehours.org or call 814-676-1910. That's 814-676-1910. We would love to help you experience the Liturgy of the Hours and discover the prayer that will change your life. This is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show. We're happy to be with you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We strive to keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and a look at the news stories of the day that you need to know. Join us on the Catholic Drive Time Show every weekday morning at 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. That's on the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. God love you. You can listen to any of our network-produced programs at your convenience, wherever you enjoy podcasts. Hear a powerful sermon you need to share with a loved one? Maybe there's a guest or teaching segment that deserves another listen. You can find all of our shows on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, our website, and the free iCatholic Radio app. Be uplifted in your faith. Listen today at thestationofthecross.com or on your favorite podcasting platform. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I'm awake for the few minutes anyway. Um... 
pray that I stay awake. I don't know why I'm so tired, but I'm doing great. Uh, we have an email from Michelle. And again, we, this is our last segment. We have 10 minutes, and you're welcome to call in with anything at all on your heart. Toll free, one 511 5483 or email at mother at writes. Hello, Mother Miriam. I hope you're doing well, and thank you for taking time to read my email and for everything you do. During the Christmas Mass schedule, I went to Christmas Day morning Mass, and we had to reserve a spot because of COVID protocol. Oh, dear. I did not realize I had not scheduled myself for the Feast of Holy Family Mass the next day, which was Sunday. I thought I had met the obligation for Mass on Sunday by going Saturday night, but it was a different Mass. I felt terrible and guilty. Am I in grave sin because of my negligence, and have I now let the Lord down by my mistake? Well, Michelle, you've confused me because you said you went to Christmas Day morning Mass and uh, to which you had reserved the spot and then you say um have i met i thought i met my obligation for mass on sunday by going to saturday night but it was a different mass so that's probably what happened you you intended to go to sunday mass saturday night but you didn't realize it was still a christmas day mass that's my take from what you're writing um and you could not get in. Um, you could not get in to the feast of the Holy Family on Sunday because you had not reserved the spot. Are you in grave sin? No, you are not. Um, because of my negligence, and have I now let the Lord down by my mistake? Um, you're not in grave sin. Um, I think when you go to confession, you should include it in your confession that you did not go to Mass on Sunday uh, because you intended to Saturday night and realized it wasn't the Sunday Mass. So, um, but you didn't realize that in advance. So what I would say is for the future, just I'd confess it, but not I'd, I do not believe it's mortal because you did intend to go to Sunday Mass Saturday night. Um, um, what I what I would say is that in the future, um, uh, just be a little more diligent in looking up schedules so you don't fall into that again. But um, have you let the Lord down by my mistake? Um, well, I, I don't think so. I think God is more merciful and generous than that. He understands. But I would just say uh, to be a little more... Um, um, What's the word I'm looking for? I uh, can't think of it. Um, but directed in the future, that's all. And, and included in your confession. God bless you, Michelle. Um, we have an email from Janet who says, Dear Mother, I have a daughter in temporary vows with the Franciscan Sisters of the Renewal who is presently living at their convent in Atlantic City, New Jersey. I've been troubled over the last year upon learning... Oh, dear. That some of the sisters were receiving the poisonous jab. Just before Christmas, one of my sons informed me that my daughter 
shared with him that she had been fully vaccinated. Though I was aware of her travels in England and Honduras over the summer, I was hopeful that she only submitted to the testing for COVID-19. My husband and I had previously spoken to their mother superior, as well as our daughter, sharing our deep concerns regarding the morality and safety of these shots. My Christmas was almost ruined over hearing of her accepting these shots. What to do now becomes my question. I've been praying hard, and it remains a strong desire in my heart to share my strong beliefs with Mother Claire and my daughter. I fully support her call to religious life, but feel the order is going in the wrong direction, as they appear to have a blind obedience to this Pope. Would you please advise me and my husband going forward, Mother? Thank you, and may God bless you abundantly for all you do. Uh, Janet. Janet, unless uh, you've been told that, don't assume they have a blind obedience to the Pope, unless you know that's the reason that they took the vaccine. Don't, don't assume that. Um, but they certainly have it wrong if they took the vaccine. Um, and it may not be blind obedience to the Pope. It may be other fears they live with. Excuse me. It may be lies they bought into. Um, what I would do um, is simply send Mother Claire uh, information on on all that's been revealed of the vaccine to date. I don't think anyone's going to have a hard time today uh, showing that it's an absolute evil plot um, to destroy the population, that it's not a vaccine, um, and it's killing people left and right. You won't have any trouble finding those articles. So um, that's what I would do. I would send, I wouldn't speak to her or speak to uh, your daughter about it. Just send them, send your mother Claire a letter with a copy to your daughter, or rather send your daughter a letter with a copy to mother Claire. Um, and, and say, if I had the power, I would forbid you any future vac- uh, vaccines um, any future jabs, but I don't have that power, but I am at least begging you and send them the top of your, um, um, yeah, I, I, I lost my thought there. Send them the articles that you find. And, um, um, again, I would, I would write it to mother Claire with a copy to, your daughter or write it to both dear mother claire or just write it to mother claire out of respect and say i'm writing this to you and sending a copy to our daughter or uh better the other way around write to your daughter and send a copy to mother claire and put everything in there that is against the vaccine and if you have any trouble finding articles just go to life site news and um, type in covid and all the articles will come up uh, it, it wouldn't be difficult to find that. Okay, I'm I'm sorry for that. It's a wonderful order. I don't know why they're buying into the vaccine. Um, let me see now. Uh, 
I'm going to start an email from Manuela. I don't know, dear one, that we can continue it. Let me try, that we'll have time to finish it. Manuela writes, good morning, Mother Miriam. Thank you for speaking the truth and helping us to get to heaven. I try to listen to you as often as I can while at work, and I love your words. Thanks, Manuela. Mother, I need your help and hope you can provide some resources for me. My employer is requiring all employees to get vaccinations or face discipline, including termination. Our mayor passed a mandate. Our mayor passed a mandate for all city employees to be vaccinated by January 15th. The mandate includes all businesses, restaurants, etc. I refuse to get the vaccine or allow my kids to get it, even though my entire family has taken it including my husband. Oh, dear, I'm so sorry about that, Manuela. If I lose my job, I won't be able to get another job as the entire city is requiring the vaccination card. Um, I want to file for religious exemption. Tell you what, do an uh, Internet search on Bishop Athanatius Athanatius Schneider uh, plus religious exemption for the vaccine and Uh, There are articles on how to get a religious exemption, and I'll also continue with your email uh, tomorrow morning. God bless all of you, and uh, see you tomorrow.